Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. How many possible futures do you have? Think about that. What choices do you make every day? Especially when you don't think you have any. Especially when your choice is between living and dying. I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and CEO and founder of the Baca Institute. Head there to discover your creative advantage by taking the Creative Innovator Quiz. Find out your personal innovator style so that you can open your creative flow and make everything in life easier. Learn to optimize your ability to create more in less time while enjoying every minute. And that's possible. It really is. At 27, Adele Anderson survived a plane crash. That life experience forever changed her perception. That choice exists even in life's most dire circumstances. She knows now that life always offers us more than one possible future. We make choices every minute, which then focuses a specific probability to become possible. For over 20 years, she has practiced natural medicine, focusing on the mind-body connection. And then her work with neuro-linguistic programming, and she's a trainer, by the way, has helped her to understand that our choice to create the life we want for ourselves is achievable. We have the tools to remove the obstacles, opening our mind to infinite possibilities. Welcome, Adele. I am really delighted that you're here with me today. And thank you, Laurie. I am really excited to share and spend some time with you. Great, great. So uh, first of all, I mean, since I said this, you know, a plane crash. Yes. Could you share a little about uh, what happened with our listeners? Sure. It was like one of those perfect sunny days, you know, the balmy wind, which, um, you know, the sun was just going down and we were heading back to the airport. And my pilot indicated that he wanted to swoop down to the river that was far below us and do what's called a touch and go. So mm -hmm. he, just like skipping a stone across the water, he would go down with the plane and he would skip the pontoons over the surface of the water and then swoop back up into the sky. <sighs> but he didn't realize he left the landing gear down. <gasps> yeah. <sighs> when the plane hit the water, it catapulted from nose to tail and it happened really fast. So I registered that the plane was going under. I saw him go under. I went to take a breath of air and my mouth filled with water. And there I was, I was, you know, beautiful sunny day to upside down, black, cold, um, spinning in the current, uh, trapped. And I had a mouthful of water. Wow. Mm. Mm. I'm, I'm taking a deep breath and then kind of like, I don't want to take a deep breath because I feel my mouth is full of water. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And when you think about that, like just, you know, blow out really fast like if you're going to go on if you're going to go swimming mm -hmm. blow out and take that breath of air but imagine that the breath of air doesn't happen 
So you have very little oxygen in your system. And um, the, first, the first choice that I made actually was to swallow the water rather than to exhale the water. Ah. So that became a, you know, a life-saving choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and time is ticking, of course. And it's rather confusing. It's an experience that often we've never had before. <laughs> so, you know, how do we manage? Mm -hmm. But I didn't have much time to figure it out. And I could feel the oxygen leaving my system. If you ever, as a kid, tried to swim underwater as far as you could, mm. you know, that tingling sensation that enters your limbs, which means you need to come up and take a breath of air. Mm -hmm. so that began to happen to me. Um, but I, I was trapped in my three-point harness. Um, it was an amphibious plane, meaning it had both pontoons and landing gear for, for land. And so I was wearing a life jacket and all of those straps became tangled. Mm -hmm. And then with gravity pulling me upside down and all the, I don't know, just stuff in the water mm -hmm. in the cabin that was bouncing and hitting my body. And it was, um, I just couldn't seem to find that, that three point harness, that release hitch. And so then my life began to flash in front of my eyes. It's funny. I just heard that on the news or something yesterday where you know they were talking about this sensation this amazing imagery that people who are experiencing a life and death situation often go through mm -hmm. and it was um just like an old-time ticker tape movie where you know millions billions of images just flash through your mind and they're quite mesmerizing um and i felt you know, very separated from um, the person that was in that situation and the person that was watching the situation wow. unfold. Mm -hmm. You really were the witness. I really was the witness. I still have this vision in my brain of, you know, this long blonde hair sort of flowing in the river, mm -hmm. uh, this person sort of suspended upside down and me watching, um, this person down there without really feeling the pain mm -hmm. or the discomfort of um, the struggle that was happening. Wow. <sighs> so please don't leave us literally hanging. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean it like that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I had, I had the talk going on in my head. I can't get out. I'm trapped. I'm stuck. I was, you know, pushing myself, um, bucking in my seat if you want to say that and, and then these images started to flash and I became very calm and I had the thought that maybe I might die and um and with that the the visions had proceeded beyond my life and gave me a preview of what my potential future might be and that was a vision of two of our local police officers walking through my parents front yard and up these big red st uh, stone steps and then knock it on that old door. Mm -hmm. And my parents answered the door and I, I didn't hear the conversation, but I watched their facial expressions change. So I knew what, what the conversation mm -hmm. was about. So there was curiosity or confusion. And then there was acknowledgement and then there was horror and at that point, you know, and this is like 30 years and you can see those neural pathways connect 
mm-hmm. to the emotion so quickly. Um, but inside my mind, you know, I watched my mother collapse to the floor and she covered her head with her hands and she screamed. And she screamed really loud inside my head. And that snapped me back into my reality that I was upside down drowning in a plane that had crashed and overturned in water. And I made a choice in that moment in time that that was not my future. I was very clear about that. Very concise that I was getting out of the plane and I was getting out of it now. Yeah. And that set in motion some amazing life or mind events. So all of those visions, those pictures that had flashed forward of my life began to flash in reverse. So they went back in time, back just like an old time ticker tape movie. And then it stopped. And in front of my mind's eye was a picture of of a scene of a movie that I had watched decades before. And I never knew the name of the movie. Um, didn't learn it for 25 years, never knew the names of the actors or really what the movie was about. But the scene that was in front of my mind's eye gave me all the information I needed to escape a plane that had crashed and overturned in water. Oh my goodness. Yeah. A commander training young pilots how to do that in a pool setting. Um, And I followed the script of him barking out the orders of how to escape this overturned cabine and I escaped the plane and saved my own life wow yeah so I always say out of breath or out of time we still have the ability to make choices that can change the trajectory of our life and our future do you feel like that was uh I mean this is there are so many things I want to ask about that but it feels like a moment when when presence stepped in oh. and okay, yeah, you're making that choice. We're going to support that choice. Yeah. On a spiritual level. Absolutely. I do um, believe that I, it was a gift. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had complete gratitude for having another choice, another chance in life. And I didn't take that lightly. I found more joy in my life since then than I had in the past. I appreciate, you know, I smell the roses. (laughs) Um, I think it opened a kinder, more gentler part of myself. And it definitely was the beginning of my spiritual journey. And with NLP, I learned the science behind my survival as well. Mm. Talk about that a little. What, What does that mean, the science behind your survival? Yeah. So our conscious mind is, you know, very, um, you know, it, it does all the checks and balances. It's the greatest, latest invention of mankind. It's very realistic, objective, you know, goes through all those checks and balances, but the subconscious mind is, is like a rocket. You know, it operates at 140,000 miles per hour. Some say, you know, 120, but it's, it's fast. Um, it downloads, you know, 40,000 bytes of information per second. So this is the, you know, the brain that children are using, downloading tremendous amounts of information. Mm-hmm. Its only purpose is to keep us alive physiologically. So our heart rate, respiration, body temperature, metabolism, all of those things we never think about. They just happen in the background. 
And then the, the other thing that it's responsible for is it's, it's your best friend. Like it believes you and no one else will. So mm-hmm. its job is to do exactly what you ask. So in the present moment, very concise, clear, I always say talk to your subconscious mind like you would a two-year-old. You don't want to have any wishy-washy try words or can't words or <laughs> that in there. Um, but, you know, when I made that choice that I was getting out, I was getting out of it now, you can see that I'm in the present tense and I am very directed in what my ask is. And then the brain delivers. Mm-hmm. I always think of it, you know, if you ever watch Star Wars and they hit warp speed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I experienced Einstein's theory of relativity where time is only um, relative to the observer. And I really feel that's when you're, you know, you move from your conscious to your subconscious brain that, you know, go from 120 miles per hour up to 140,000 miles per hour. And you can see that light speed, mm-hmm. how much we can accomplish in, um, you know, a different time relativity. So that takes, uh, that, that starts to take the barriers that we create for ourselves and, and really call them into question. I mean, that's step one is, yes. you know, all those things that we use to stop ourselves, uh, maybe we need to take a look at because that's the information as you're talking right now, I'm hearing Adele that you're saying that's how we're talking to ourselves, And so in, in your world, the subconscious mind is going to respond to that and say, Oh, that's what's true. Oh, okay. Well, that's what we'll do. Yeah. And our thoughts mm-hmm. are the same as same powerful as our words. We, we really do have a signature vocabulary. Each one of us have developed about 25 words that we repeatedly use to describe everything about our lives. Oh, like give me an example. I have not heard this before. So signature vocabulary can be the, um, you know, life is tough. Life is, life is hard. This is hard. Describe everything as being hard. And if you believe that is, then, you know, I always use the analogy or the metaphor of have you ever searched for anything on the internet and then you see it show up on the right hand side of your screen you see it on your (laughs) twitter feed your facebook feed your top of your email now so the the algorithm has run on the internet and it is showing you exactly what you they think you want to see well our brain is running an algorithm as well So when we use those types of words, combat words, tough words, can't words, our brain, well, with the can'ts, it just doesn't find the information because it believes you. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when it's hard and it's tough and, you know, ungenerous and all of these types of words, then that's the algorithm that runs and that's what shows up in our world. So we see this in how our professional lives bleed into our personal lives. So for example, people that are in law enforcement that are always looking for something that's wrong and they go home, mm-hmm. that's what they see in their kids. Mm. Partners. Um, you know, people that are always looking for um, the checks and balances, accountants, mm-hmm. bookkeepers, finding the little errors (laughs) they go home and that's what they find 
because they're so good. It's like we've trained our trained our mind to be so powerful in what we are looking for. We become experts in finding what's wrong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so without the awareness that we're bleeding into our personal lives and maybe not being great husbands, fathers, mothers, wives, if we're not aware mm -hmm. that we could be seeing everything that's wrong and missing out on what's right mm -hmm. or what's good or what's happy or what's just okay. <laughs> and then in our relationship with ourself, that's what we continue to create. Yes. And we are harder on ourselves than we are on anybody else on the planet. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we do have that inner part of ourselves that, you know, is fragile. Maybe it's our younger self that's been wounded and, you know, is showing up and saying, I'm afraid. So, mm -hmm. you know, tread gently. I don't think you should do that. And of course, our reptilian brain is, you know, is our ain't more most ancient brain mm -hmm. been around for millenniums. And it's trained us to not venture far from the cave. Right. You know, there might be something dangerous out there. So we, even though we've evolved into this, this amazing um, human mind, we still have these ancient processes that are so biological within our system that, you know, fear can really trigger that old mechanism to keep us out of our greatness. You know, limit our expansion into where we really want to see ourselves go. So that's uh, you've just you've said a lot. I mean, you say it very gently. I love how you speak about it, and I also want to kind of um, I want to clang some you know blow some horns because what you are saying is huge. Mm -hmm. You know, I really want people to hear how we how we limit ourselves from our own greatness, how part of us is set up to, to believe the limits and then to, then to live the limits. So what's the other side of that, Adele? How do you, um, how do you move people out of that? Because you also, I noticed, uh, call yourself a destiny coach. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so talk about that. I mean, how do you turn those same processes to work for us rather than against us. Right. So we have these filters like that algorithm that's running and they can become, you know, they come from a lot of places. So there's a lot of moving parts. So, you know, how we were raised, if, if we were in a certain religious or culture or, you know, a family, when we're small, oftentimes we're not as diversified, but mm -hmm. so we grow up in a family that looks like us, talks like us, you know, speaks the same language. And it's not until we become teenagers that we begin to really spread out into the world and, and question those earlier beliefs. Yeah. But if they're wound, if there, if there's wounds in there, what we call psychological deficiencies, and that sounds nastier than what it <laughs> is, <laughs> Because I, I know through the work that I do that we were never meant to live with emotional pain, that it's actually just a sticky neuropeptide. <laughs> and we can release it. Mm -hmm. We can release it in a few ways. And, and um, I lost my train of thought there, but I, I, 
maybe just re-ask me that question. I'm sorry, no, Lori. No, 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 that's okay. So, so in releasing that, so I'm really asking about the other side because I agree with you. We're not meant to live with our limitations. We're not meant to live with those sticky thoughts of, uh, you know, that, those old algorithms. So what's then is the possibility? Okay. So the possibilities are endless. <laughs> That's your message. Yes. It is. They are. So if you could just picture a pen that has a calf on it. Mm -hmm. So I use this metaphor quite a lot. Metaphors is what our subconscious brain works with. So story and metaphor, we can bypass resistance of the conscious brain and understand a concept that could be complex or that we might not know enough about mm -hmm. to make sense of it quickly. But if you just pick up a pen that has a cap on it, and then imagine just removing the cap. So if we think of this pen as a neural pathway, then when, when it's got to do with choice, even though we've only picked up one end of the pen, we picked up the entire pen and we know that choice is connected to consequence, right? We've also known that choice has an emotion attached to it and it's connected to biology. So a chemical flush is happening in our brain according to the thoughts and emotions that we have. If the thoughts and emotions, so I want you to take this pen now and draw a line down the center of a page, center of an eight and a half by 11 white page mm -hmm. and consider that on one half of the page is fear, and the other half of the page is love or peace or gratitude, happiness, harmony, whatever you want to call that, anything that's on the positive side. So we always want to be on, and let's, for just an easy reference, call it the right side of the page. <laughs> okay? So if we have this pen with the cap attached, what we want to do is we want to release the negative emotions. So we can do that in a variety of ways to get us back to the right side of the page. We used to do a lot of cognitive therapy that could take years mm -hmm. to understand ourselves, to you know, find a positive outlook. And definitely, if we think of positive and negative as a magnet, when we release a negativity to a positive magnet, it releases that neuropeptide. Mm -hmm. We can also do it very quickly by going through the back door of our mind and changing the physiology. So we have an emotion that's connected to physiology. So physiology can be a heart rate, respiration, and body temperature. Mm -hmm. right? And when we think of depression, we have a certain heart rate, respiration, or body temperature. We have it with every single emotion that we have. Mm -hmm. So simplicity, kids are misbehaving, send them outside to play they feel better because they've changed their heart rate, their respiration and their body temperature. Mm -hmm. But you already know that the kids come back in the house and they'll misbehave again. So it's not intentional enough, right? So what we have to do is we have to refocus the brain on something that is a dual processor, a left right brain um, connection. So for example, um, we can identify we can use a cognitive action that requires us to include, say, a color or a shape. So if I want to remove stress from my body right now, what I want to do is I want to move out of my emotional subconscious brain or middle brain, and I want to move into my neocortex, which isn't emotional. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's reasonable and rational. So I can do that by identifying something. That's something that we learned 
Even as a child, we learned nose, eye, glasses, ear, fridge. So are you so talking that, about naming something when you say identify something? I'm not sure what you mean. Yeah. So switching brains is kind of like learning how to drive a standard car. Mm-hmm. We're in first, we're not in second, right? Mm-hmm. So when we're feeling an emotion, we're in our middle brain. And that neural pathway is connected. That physiology is connected to our emotion that we're feeling. We can do a quick fix by moving into our conscious brain and do things that are cognitive functions. So things as simple as identifying something. So I see a tree, I see an evergreen tree with brown bark outside of my balcony, you know, with the a lake beyond. So I can start to identify things within the screen. So I can see yourself with your beautiful Japanese screen behind that's red like your hair, you know, with your beautiful blue eyes reflecting in the blue um, scarf behind you. You're taking yourself into a different part, as you say, of your brain, and you're starting to notice what is around as opposed to that that much stickier, it is stickier place of the emotion. Yeah. So we we can identify things if we are visual thinkers, and that's a, another conversation, but we we all experience our world, everything about it through our senses. Mm-hmm. What we see, smell, taste, hear, feel emotionally and kinesthetically. So we can use that subconscious expression, but in a cognitive way to release that emotion that we're feeling right now. If it's stress, you can Mm -hmm. release stress in minutes in what I call the fire drill. Mm. By identifying five things that you can see right now and include colors, shapes, sizes, textures, so that we create that image within our brain. Um, four things that we can feel emotionally on the outside of our body. So temperatures, textures of clothing, pressures of where we sit, any discomfort on our body, you know, the feeling of my ear rings against my neck, um, my glasses against the bridge of my nose. Three things that I can um, hear and what would they be? And then two things that I can smell, one thing that I can taste. We can run through that in you know less than a minute, mm-hmm. and we've effectively taken ourselves out of that subconscious emotional brain and put us back into control. So what we've done by doing that is we've taken the cap off the pen of that neural pathway. Of that neural pathway, it, it still needs to be more intentional than that to make it lasting. Mm-hmm. So. Um, if we were to change our physiology when we were to do that exercise, it would be far more effective. So, for example, if someone was to come into my office and they were already feeling the emotion just for simplicity, so it's already alive inside their body, I would have them focus on a chart rather than outside and what they could visually see. And so if you could picture inside your mind, I just have a, a postcard chart on my wall that has three words on it red green and blue there's they read it like a book there's 72 of them on that page Mm -hmm. and the words are miscolored so red might be blue green might be red and um (laughs) blue might be green 
Mm-hmm. They, they, they're random. Uh-huh. So what, what I ask the client to do on this three-round process is they've already got that ugly feeling inside their body, so their physiology is active. If it's not, then I will set up that state for them. Mm-hmm. And then I want them to tell me the color that they see, not the word they can read. Mm-hmm. That requires a left, right brain hemisphere uh, dual yes. processing yes, action. Yes, so yes. Very focused. Mm-hmm. The second round, when the color is red, I ask them to put their right hand in the air. When the color is blue, put their left hand in the air. And when it's uh. green, I'm going to have them clap. And on the third round, they're going to add the opposite leg and jump when they clap. So within about five minutes, I've effectively changed their physiology because they're sweating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're usually giggling, whether it's even um, uncomfortable um, embarrassed, um, silly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, so you so changed we, everything about the way they're focusing Yes, and their heart rate has gone up. Their respiration has gone up. So this is a way again, where we take the cap off the pen. And when we've done that intentionally, that neural pathway is disconnected. Yeah. And it's disconnected permanently. Unless they have another situation arise that brings that back into their body. If I was to ask them to recall the reason why they felt the way they felt when they came in, and I can do this on online through Zoom as well. Yeah, sure. Um, it's a blank page inside their mind. Uh-huh. So it just looks like a black screen. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. of course, emotionally, intellectually, you know that it exists but there's no more emotional connection to it. And that's Mm -hmm. what's empowering is that life can get messy. (laughs) It just is. It just is. It's part of what life in the physical world is. Yeah. So, but we don't have to struggle with it. We don't have to live in the pain of it or the discomfort of that emotional turmoil for weeks, months, or years. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. To have the awareness that we were never meant to live that way. We have the experience and we grow and we become resilient from it. But without the baggage. Yeah. Yeah. And so therefore, without the limitations. Yeah, you have life skills that have risen that you have received by going through something difficult. Mm-hmm. And you can take those forward into your future and they become usable. Mm-hmm. But if we're stuck in the emotional aspect of that difficult situation, then it's kind of like a closed door. Yeah. It's kind of like being in a jar with a lid on and those life skills aren't available to you. So we want to take the lid off the jar and allow those life skills and resilience to just overflow into our life. And we become stronger and, and more capable and more resilient for the next time life gets messy. <laughs> Which it will. And you know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing that, that you're teaching people in that um, how to create their own bridges, their own internal bridges from what was what was a difficult or messy experience to, to resilience, to using that in the service of of creation 
you know, of creating their life, of, of choosing the path they want to go on, the kind of life they want to live. Right. And if you think about it, if you think about some difficult times in your life that you have overcome already mm -hmm. and the growth and development and strength that has risen out of that and mm -hmm. think that there might be thousands of those available to you in your mind right now if mm -hmm. you just released the emotional burden of it. Yes, indeed, indeed. Yeah. And and it, it opens something up. In my experience, it, it opens something up for a person when, or for myself, when I can see the possibilities inherent within that, what might have looked to be a really difficult situation. Right. And when I can feel um, curious about what that might be, curious about the learning, curious about what it gave me, and see then that, oh, there's, there's all this possibility. Mm -hmm. you know, that's, where our, that's where our creativity opens up. I believe so. And where we, where we have some caution with that awareness, too, mm -hmm. is just to recognize that our brain loves the familiar, <laughs> well, at least that part of the brain that, you know, that reticular activating system really mm -hmm. loves the familiar. Yeah, even when it's not that great for us. Right. It might be terrible. Yeah. Oh, I know it. It still feels comfortable because we yeah. know what that looks like. You know, we know what abuse looks like. Mm -hmm. So even though it's, it's bad, we know what to expect. Yeah. So, sometimes so we, we think we're pain. safe then, even though we're not. We, we may not think that we're safe, but because we don't know what's beyond. Right. Right. We stay with the familiar, mm -hmm. even when it's harmful. Mm -hmm. And so I, I again, want to send out a lifeline or, you know, just, you know, cast that line into the water to say, hey, it doesn't have to be that way. We can right. make the unfamiliar comfortable as well. And once you've stepped into another pair of shoes, then, you know, life opens up and blossoms beyond what you could ever consider possible. Mm. I know that there is a second chance. <laughs> you do. You do. And you have, I think, made the, such a, a leap in your life, you know, from that moment. I don't know you back then, but I see all of what you offer today and, and know that the energies chose well with you. <laughs> Thank you. And, and you really have been bringing so much to people's awareness and, their, their con and changing their consciousness. And it's possible for all of us. Mm -hmm. This isn't, it isn't separated by race or culture or age or religion. It, there's, there's no division. We, we all have, you know, what science can prove today, 17 terabytes of possible storage between our ears, the greatest invention ever on the planet. There's no computer that's ever been created that has as much power as each of us have. Mm -hmm. And we have access to that. If we just learn to, you know, it's like, like I say, learning to drive a standard car there's always that uncomfortable part, that jerkiness at the beginning mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> before you learn to shift gears. And oh, I remember that so well. Oh. 
So it's that, it's that just a little bit of development that doesn't have to be scary. It actually can be quite simple. Um, I don't think our minds were meant to be, you know, we, we talk big words, big science, big PhDs, mm-hmm. and, and yet the mind itself is very easy to understand. Mm. You know, we may speak a different language. We may have different representational styles. But the mind functions the way the mind functions. Yeah. Once we learn a little bit about ourselves, we can open the door to neuroplasticity, but also to just bring light on the opportunities that each one of us have available to us. Yeah. And it's more than what you considered possible. Mm-hmm. There's more. Here's I guarantee more. it. Mm-hmm. I believe you, Adele. And I think our listeners will too. Thank you so much for sharing yourself in a beautiful way and sharing with us the things that you have learned and the ways that you have um, now been working with people to, to bring them into this, this other place of recognition. Can you share with our listeners um, how they can get in touch with you? What's your, your website and what's the best way to reach you? Sure. My website is lifecoachadel.com and you can reach me at yes at lifecoachadel.com. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. So I'm sure that my social links will be in the um, show notes. Mm -hmm. And I also, you know, can send out a complimentary link. I'm always happy to have a conversation with someone. It's free. And you can check in with me and have a, you know, a 20 minute conversation. We can cover a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, offer that as a gift to anyone who would like to reach out. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's very generous, Adele. Thank you. And again, thank you for being here at Wisdom Talk Radio. Thank you. I'm grateful to have the opportunity to talk. And thanks to our listeners to you for being with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. Join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination. Remember, you can find us on your favorite place to listen to podcasts, whatever that might be, because we're in all of them. And if you've enjoyed listening today, please leave us a review, because that helps more people be able to access the wisdom and to transform the world. And for more about fast-tracking your ideas to creation and revenue, find me, Laurie Seymour, over at thebacainstitute.com. Take the quiz and find out your creative innovator style so that you can turn your ideas into reality without missing another moment. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.